Welcome to Synergy Mindset Coaching, the community and podcast designed to inspire your mindset and help you to take daily action towards your goals and achieve your dreams. I am your host, Gina Johnson. I was given the chance to share my story on the Diz Runs podcast. Denny Cray was the host and he did an excellent job sharing some of the difficulties that I've overcome in my life. For those of you that haven't heard my story, I hope that you find this inspiring and it will help you in some way to overcome something that you need to in your own personal life. We talk about my quitting smoking, losing weight, and learning to run, as well as my relentless pursuit of never giving up to achieve my dream of one day running a marathon. So without any further ado, here is the podcast interview when I was on the Diz Runs podcast. From today where do I want to go and just start here and just start now and take one step today, not tomorrow. That's the key, right? To get back on track to where you want to go. Dizwins Radio episode 734 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys, uh, before we dive into today's episode, just want to uh, let you know that I guess I'm technically the sponsor of today's episode because today's episode is brought to you by the Little Things course. Uh, What is the Little Things course? If you've been listening for a while, you probably heard me talk about this before. If you're new, welcome. And you're going to hear me talk about the little things several times uh, throughout, maybe not today's episode so much. But uh, if you listen to the show for very long, you hear me talk about the little things, which is basically all of the things that we can do, should do, oftentimes don't do that are going to help us improve as runners beyond just, you know, going for a run. So we're talking diet, nutrition, we're talking mid-race fueling, we're talking cross training, sleep, self, you know, self-massage slash soft tissue work type of things, foam rolling, getting massage done, myofascial release, all those types of things, um, and how valuable they are and how really, you know, not little those things are in terms of your improvement and growth in the sport. And so what I did is I put it together, a little course, a little, uh, little something, something still a few tweaks that need to be done to it, but it's, it's, I'd like to think it's pretty good. I don't know if you've checked out the course, would love to hear from you. What, what are your thoughts? But the, the cool thing is it's free. So you can go in, check it out. If you don't really like it, meh, you know what, what did it cost you a little bit of time, which I know time's pretty valuable, but you know, it doesn't cost you any cash, but uh, if you go in and, and you maybe learn a little something that you can then implement into your training routine, your, your regular life routine that helps you move forward, helps you take a step towards your goals. Well, then you, you really got your money's worth because you didn't pay anything and hopefully you learned a little something. So I uh, would encourage you to go check it out. If you haven't done so already, disruns.com slash little things is the, uh, the link. It'll take you right there. And uh, if you have checked it out, I'd love to hear some thoughts and some feedback. Let me know uh, what you think about it. What can what what did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, I've got a, a couple more courses that are kind of in, on the back burner, but things that I want to create, and would definitely love you know to know what you like from this course, so I can make sure to include those things moving forward as far as format things like that. And if there's things that you didn't like, let me know so I don't you know include those things in the future as well. So let me know your thoughts. Check it out if you haven't done so already. Disruns.com/slash/little things. 
And now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, we all know that no two runners are the same and that since you know all of us are different, we've all faced different challenges and different things that uh, have happened in our past that have gotten us to where we are at this moment. And uh, if I may be so bold, I would, I would say that today's guest has uh, had more than her fair share of adversity along the way, um, but for some reason which I'm sure we'll get into. She uh, refuses to give up on, on running and having running be a part of her life, um, no matter what obstacles and adversities come her way. And I think that that uh, unwillingness to, to give up and, and you know, consistently striving to just keep overcoming uh, is why, you know, without question, she's going to be successful uh, with, with her goals running and otherwise uh, when all is said and done. So uh, with that, it's, it's a pleasure today to be able to welcome Miss Gina Johnson to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Gina. Really uh, appreciate it. Really looking forward to a, a chat today. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, definitely. The, the pleasure is mine. And guys, if you want to connect more with, with Gina, um, probably Facebook is, is the best place. And she's got a, a page for her coaching business, which we're going to get into uh, at some point along the way, life coaching business. So no, not specific to running, but uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of overlap there. Um, at Synergy Mindset is the, the place to find her on Facebook. Um, and we'll have that linked up in the show notes. Dizruns.com slash 734 is the link. that will take you back to the show notes today for all the, all, you know, all the, all the same things that are always in every show notes episode, the Cliff's Notes, the links, the photos, all those things, disruns.com slash 734. So Gina, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with, um, is with what is a very simple question, uh, to, to ask. Sometimes it's a simple question to answer. And, uh, I, I don't, I honestly, I have no idea exactly where you're going to go with this one. Um, and I'm not even sure exactly how relevant this question is for you, but we're still, we, 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 we you know, <laughs> one thing that uh, I haven't wavered on and, and all the time I've been doing the show is asking this question. So, uh, we're, I'm going to still start with it, ask it and kind of just see where, see where it lands and we'll, we'll pick up the pieces if necessary and go from there. But, uh, Gina, to start today's conversation, just have to ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? My favorite distance is 10K, and that's because it has been a lifesaver for me. How so? Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? I can. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first time I ran a 10K was such an accomplishment. It took me overcoming plantar fasciitis and losing 30 pounds and quitting smoking. So I say it saved my life because it changed my entire life direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the the beautiful things about about running is how you know once once you kind of start down this this rabbit hole a little bit, um, it's 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 almost almost inevitable. Maybe not quite inevitable, but almost inevitable that you know just you're gonna make some other changes. You're gonna you're gonna um, you know whether it's lose weight in your case quitting smoking, which is, which is obviously huge. Um, whatever it is, it, it just kind of starts to, starts to snowball things a little bit and, and really kind of help, um, you know, just help overall health and, and, uh, all the, all the aspects that come with that. So it certainly can be a, a life-saving thing. Um, what was, you know, if, if we can kind of continue to unpack this a little bit more. So you were, you were a smoker, you, you had maybe a little bit of extra, extra weight that you could lose. Um, what was it that then that got you started towards running? Why why did you decide to pick up uh, pick up the feet and start putting them down in a, in a running kind of fashion? <laughs> That's a great story. There was two things. My middle son was then in kindergarten, and they did a Terry Fox run. I don't know if you're familiar with Terry Fox uh, here in Canada. He's a bit of a running legend, and it was only maybe like one kilometer, and I couldn't run as fast as him. 
And I was so frustrated. I just thought, how did I ever let myself get so out of shape? And then my grandmother died of cancer in three weeks. It was, it was just such a shock. It was like one day she had cancer and then three weeks oh, she wow. was gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Christmas. And so she gave us some money just before she passed away. And I used that money to purchase a training package for the Vancouver Sun Run. And I started training in the snow and in the rain. Christmas is not the best time. Mm-hmm. But that was my, my motivator and my catalyst. And finishing that first 10K was for my grandma. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what, was, what was it like? Um, you know, I, like you said, the, the weather, not, not exactly the greatest time of year to, to, to develop that kind of a habit and, and that discipline to get started and, and do it. Um, but obviously, you know, you had the right motivation and, and you kept going with it. Um, but what was it, what was it like in those early days, you know, especially with this, the smoking thing? I think that to me, that's, that's the big, um, the, the big thing that like, you know, would have been easy to hold you back or maybe been easy to say, you know what, that I like, because I smoke, I can't run, I can't do this and, and, and just kind of say the heck with it and, and be done with the whole running thing. Um, what, what were those, those early, um, days, weeks, months, like how difficult was it? And, and for lack of a better way of asking it, why didn't you just say the heck with it and, and give up at any point along the way when it got difficult? Gosh, that's a great question as well. And I don't really know other than I fell in love and got completely addicted to running. Mm. And I don't get me wrong. There's days when I'm running going, why am I doing this? It's crazy. It's snowing or hailing or cold or, you know, like everybody else, but 90% of the time, just loved it and it made me feel really good. So I just wanted to keep doing it no matter what it took. Gotcha. Well, I think, I think you're preaching to the choir there about, uh, you know, just kind of falling in love with the sport for, for whatever reason. Um, whenever, whenever the time is right, I'm pretty sure that, uh, certainly myself and, and everybody listening can, can probably relate pretty well on, on that side of things of just like, yep, this, you know, once, once you find it, this is, this is for me. And, uh, there's, there's no turning back. Um, Again, going back to the to the smoking thing, uh, I, I hate to keep beating on on a on that <laughs> drum, but how long did it take to to then end up giving up the cigarettes? Oh, to be honest with you, I probably like five times in my life. Mm. And going back a bit, I grew up in a family where everybody smoked. Mm. All my friends did, so I never thought any different. And I took my children to a specialist. And for some reason, he decided to do a breath test. And he said, just so you know, your lung capacity is at 100%, which is unheard of for a smoker. Mm. So if you quit smoking, you might live to be, you know, 80 years old. And I said to him, what does it matter? I can't run anyways. When I was in grade three and grade four and grade five, I was the last kid to cross the line and cross country every year. And I can't breathe. So does it make like what does it matter? Mm-hmm. And he said the most impactful thing to me I'd never considered. And he said, if both your parents smoked in the house, you were a smoker your whole life. Oh wow! And I, I literally just that was it. And then with my grandma, I just threw my cigarettes away and said no more. And mm-hmm. that was that. That was how I finally quit. Wow. Yeah, that's that's again. You know, sometimes it takes that. Uh, you know, the proverbial slap in the face to really get your attention and, and, uh, make, make that change permanent or, or give you the motivation then to, to make that change. So, um, all these things kind of, kind of happening more or less at once getting into running. Um, 
where where did things go from a running perspective after after that first 10k that really kind of changed your life and, and saved your life like you said and, and kind of really started to put things on a different trajectory for you I had a lot of hills and valleys because I signed up for a 10k right after that and it was by the beach called what which has majorly huge cliffs and hills and you go up and down on concrete and I got so injured from that run I couldn't walk (laughs) for a long time and I found out this discovery that there's a whole bone missing in my right foot between where all the toes join Mm -hmm. and I was told I could never run again after that so if you want I can share more about how I got through that absolutely Um, okay went to, excuse me, a podiatrist and he referred me to an Olympic athlete doctor. It was really fortunate for me because he had broke his neck and he said that he'd put his neck brace on and sneak out for runs and his wife would get really (laughs) angry with him. Oh, so he understood my need to run. Mm. Whereas other doctors, you know, kept saying you can never run again. So the combination of Athotics and physio, and a lot more physio than athotics. I had to learn when I have pain in my right foot not to alter how I run Mm -hmm. and put it onto my left foot, Mm -hmm. and that's what was causing all the pain and the damage. So I learned some great stretches that I have to use every day probably for the rest of my life, very simple, quick stretches, Mm -hmm. and I have to stretch really good after running or I'm prone to it coming back again. Yeah, it's it's sometimes crazy to me. I mean... my background is in athletic training and sports medicine. So it's like, I should, I should know this stuff. And I do know this stuff, uh, but it's, it's always, um, maybe easy to forget how much our feet. And again, this this sounds ridiculous, even as it's forming in my head before it even comes out of my mouth, but how, how, how easy it is to overlook our feet and not take care of our feet and not, you know, whether it's stretching, whether it's strengthening, you know, sometimes you talk about strengthening your feet and people look at you like you have three eyes because like, what do you mean strengthen your feet? <laughs> but you know, it's not only just as runners, but obviously for us as runners, it's, it's pretty important, but just in general, in, in daily life, if, if we want to be up and walking and, and moving around, um, we, we need to take care of our feet and you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, obviously not not a good situation that you found out that you don't have this this bone in your foot but now that now that you know and now that you know how to take care of it you know it's it's yes it's something you have to do every day but it's probably i'm i'm assuming here if i'm kind of maybe tre- reading between the lines that it's not that big of a deal now that you know about it to just you know do the do the few things that you have to do make sure you're taking care of things and now you can you know hopefully keep running without issue because of it you can you can walk around have a normal life play with your kids all those things simply by making sure to take care of your feet on a regular basis Yes, exactly. And I also learned I can't run on concrete. Mm -hmm. For the most part, that's what causes the injury. So I switched to a trail runner and I live in the mountains where there's trails everywhere. So it worked out okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, you come back from from having this this foot issue and and running all the the ups and downs on the on the concrete uh, along the coast. Um, Where did where did things progress from there? So from there, I signed up to run the Victoria Half Marathon, and my goal was to run a marathon the next year. Mm-hmm. And I was a bus driver, and I was probably the craziest bus driver in Vancouver because <laughs> I had a skipping rope, and I would skip on my brakes beside my bus, wow. <laughs> trying to get in the training. And mm-hmm. I'd run 
when I had split shifts, I'd park the bus and I'd run from one bus to the other, sometimes from one end of Vancouver to the other. Mm -hmm. And I'd ride my bike to work, which was, I don't know what it was in your terms, but in our terms, about 13 kilometers each way. Okay, so uh, I can I can do that math. Thirteen k is is doable. Um, it's it's a bit less. It's about four miles, four four plus miles, something like that. Okay. Um. Or wait, no, hold on. Now now I, now I'm questioning my math. Um, <laughs> yeah, because ten k. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, ten k is six miles. So yeah, my math is a little bit off. So so thirteen k would be another another mile and a half, two miles. So we're talking about eight miles. Sorry. Okay, so I started. What's your math there? It was like four a.m. I started work, so I'd be riding my bike at three a.m. to work. And then skipping on all my breaks because I had uh, two kids then. Mm -hmm. And that was the only way I could get in all my training to train for the half marathon. Wow. Well, doing, doing what it takes though. That's, that's, uh, again, I think a lot of us can, can relate to that, that, uh, you know, there's, there's the preferred time to train and the preferred way to train. And then, you know, there's, there's what life dictates. And, and, uh, you know, as I've been known to say, life, life happens sometimes life is going to life. And you got to adapt. You got to adjust. You got to train between shifts and around your kids' schedules and around around things like that. Um, so did you did you end up running that uh, that half marathon? And how did that go? Nope, I never did. I got to thirteen k running as well. Mm-hmm. So as you said, about six miles. And I had a heart attack the next day, and was told I couldn't run again, which only lasted for a couple of years. I did run again. <laughs> gotcha. Well, we're not just going to gloss over this this mm-hmm. heart attack scenario, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and I knew that that was coming at some point in the story. I couldn't remember exactly where in the timeline was, but but uh, um, and, and what maybe people listening don't know is we 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 were in a kind of little group, a, a podcasting group, business group type of thing uh, a while back, right about the same time that this happened. So uh, it, I know it took all of us that were the, the other folks that were in the group as well um, by surprise. Like, what the heck happened? You know. Gina, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I don't know how comfortable we are talking about ages, but you're not you're not too much older than I am. So you know, a few years ago, we're we're early to mid 30s, something like that. Heart attack, uh-huh. not exactly um, what you would expect. I mean, like I said, took everybody in the group by surprise. Um, I mean, what was for for the for lack of of not asking just a ridiculous question, but like you know, I'm assuming this really came completely out of left field. No idea that that there is any real risk factors other than the fact that you had smoked for, you know, like you said, kind of being in the house. So smoked kind of all of your life, but you know, what, what, what did, what did that heart attack do to, I mean, how did it, I, I'm going to assume that it totally upended everything, not just the running, but, but what, what was, you know, life like the day, you know, coming back from the, the heart attack, how did that just change? Assumingly it changed mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it changed like literally everything because it lasted actually for two years and there was a little bit of warning sign. I had a bit of chest pain when I was driving my bus and people Mm. would jump in front of it or, you know, cars would cut me off. Right. And they sent me for a whole bunch of tests. Excuse me. And I remember the doctor saying, you are so healthy. I quit smoking for four years. I was running pretty much every day. My kids in strollers reading books. I was pushing them Mm -hmm. everywhere I went and she said, you're so healthy. Nothing's wrong with you. I think your chest pain is just the stress from your job. Right. And believe it or not, I just become a single mom. So I called my life insurance guy and I was going to cancel all my insurance. Ooh. And he convinced me to keep the life insurance portion, but I canceled the living life insurance, which pays out if you have a chronic health condition. Mm. 31 
days later, I had the heart attack, found out I could never go back to work, and I couldn't walk more than half a block without literally feeling like I was going to die for mm-hmm. two years. And Dur- then... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Please, continue. Uh, in that two years, they the insurance for my work kept trying to say that it was stress and the divorce and I was mentally unstable. But I found the best heart doctor in Canada or at least in the lower mainland where I live here. And she diagnosed me with what's called vasospastic angina. Okay. And they knew nothing about it then, but now they know a little bit. And what it is, is it's not a heart condition. It's a blood vessel condition. So my heart attack was caused by my blood vessels closing shut and cutting off the circulation mm. to my heart and my brain. And they can't see that on a test or a scan. Right. Wow. So it's very hard to diagnose. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, of course. So um, after, you, you, like you said, you, this this process is playing out over the course of, of a couple of years. Um, was Was there ever a point in there where... Well, I guess maybe first question was was getting back to to running was that always something that was kind of a goal in the back of your mind even though they had said, you know, you you're never going to run again or or were you not even worried about that for for at least the the first part if not most of that first 2 years of recovery? So they put me in the hospital for 5 days with a heart monitor strapped to my chest and I walked and around the cardiology unit for five <laughs> days straight. They're like, this girl's not going to stop. So yeah, it, it was always there. And I did everything I could, like water running and mm-hmm. anything I could to train to get back to when I could run again. And so w- when you got the, the green light to start running again, um, what, what, was, what was that... I don't know, feeling, sense of relief. Uh, what was what was it like to when you, when you heard, hey, you know what? Like things are things are going well. The heart seems to be working. The arteries are staying open. Um, you can you can start running again. It, it was good in the moment that I was told that, mm-hmm. but it took me almost a year to overcome all the fears I had. Mm-hmm. So I had to wear a heart monitor and keep track of my heart rate because my heart rate would go out like almost 300 mm-hmm. and the heart monitor was triggering this almost PTSD I had of the heart attack. So it, it was a long time to get over the psychological effects and I still get chest pain when I run. So I had to learn what chest pain is not dangerous mm-hmm. and what chest pain is dangerous. And that's why I say 10 K is my favorite because I have never gotten past 10 K without the bad chest pain. And I'm determined one day I'll make the marathon Mm -hmm. and keep trying for it. Uh, However, for now, I've resigned to running with my kids. And 10K is a real good distance for eight-year-olds. Yes, yes. So for, for, I I, I think I've said this a couple times now, and I I hate to keep going back to the well too often, but for lack of a way of of saying it, um, why, 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 why keep going? Why keep, why keep... Uh, I mean, other than, you know, I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you got, you've got kids, you've got, you've got things to, 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 you know, things to still do still many things to accomplish in your life. Um, but if, if running, you know, 
was given some of that PTSD type of thing where it was just like, my gosh, like, like uh, my heart rate's going up and now I'm panicking and I don't know, like, you know, have some pains and some tightness in my chest. Um, I mean, I get loving something I get enjoying, you know, I mean, I enjoy running. Uh, it's something I, I want to keep doing, uh, for as long as possible for sure. But I, I, I don't know that I would have the resolve that, that you have had in a similar situation where if, if I, had a heart attack and thought this might be it, um, that seemed to be caused by running. And then there's this, this underlying condition that, that gets, gets diagnosed or gets figured out. And, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I would keep going. So, so why, why, why do you, you know, why, why is running so important to you or, or why is, uh, why, why keep pushing towards that, that eventual marathon goal? I don't really know why. I just know I dream about running when I don't run. So I lie down at night and try and fall asleep and I dream I'm running. It's become a part of who I am Mm -hmm. and I don't like other sports. So I try bike riding or I even try taking up skateboarding, which was not a good (laughs) idea for my elbow. (laughs) It it doesn't feel the same. There's something about running that's such a love in me. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I would rather die happy running than sit on my couch afraid that exercise is going to hurt me and never live at all. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree with that, uh, wholeheartedly. And, and, um, you know, I just, I hope for myself and I hope for you too, that, that, uh, you know, that, that day of, of dying by running doesn't come for, you know, another 30, 40, 50 years, something like that, you know, well, well down the road. Um, but so, so, you know, like we talked about, eventually you get, you get the green light to start, start running again. Um, got some, some restrictions, got some, you know, had some mental hurdles to get over for yourself, but, uh, where are you at with, with running now, as far as, um, you know, being able to run with the kids, knowing some of the signs and symptoms, are you pretty comfortable when you, when you're able to get out and go for a run? Is there still a lot of apprehension? Like, like what, what does running look like for you today? Yes, running has changed a lot. We had forest fires here two years in a row. Mm-hmm. There was the one from California, and then we had one here the year before. And I can't run outside in smoke. Okay. I can't run when it's hot, and I can't run when it's freezing cold, which means a lot of accepting running on a treadmill mm-hmm. or in a pool, water running. <laughs> so now it's become a lot of fun because I homeschool my kids and my youngest son has taken a love of running. So him and I trail run together and he's faster than me, which he thinks is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) So we just did, uh, he has autism and we just did our first 5k in November. Mm. There's a lot of running to bring, um, fundraising for autism. Right. And our next run we've signed up for is 10k for the Terry Fox run. And yeah, so I've been really just, I've checked my, you know, I used to be very competitive and checking my times and always trying to improve my times. And now I just have fun and enjoy it. And I follow a training schedule with mm-hmm. him, but it's more about just the time together and loving it than my highly competitive self used to be. Right, right. Um, do, do you find that, you know, being able to to run with your son, um, and, and having that, that time together and, and, you know, whether it's time out on the trail or, or wherever it might be. Um, I don't know exactly how I want to, want to word this, but, um, I, I guess I, I, I guess I'll go back to, you know, people that listen to the show know that, that I've got, uh, 
Addison daughter who's going to be five pretty soon. And I kind of look forward to the days when, when we can go run, if she wants to, that, that we can go run mm-hmm. together. So you're, you're living that right now. Um, what, what does that do for the, the mother son relationship that, that you guys have that you can, you can share this, this passion for, for running for however long it lasts for him. Hopefully it lasts for a long time, but you know, kids grow up and grow out of things and whatever. Um, but, but right now, what, what does, what does running bring to y'all's relationship? <laughs> I'd love to say it's great, uh, but the truth is it's kind of a challenge. We're learning. I'm learning to slow down because uh, our first 5K, believe it or not, took two hours. Oh, wow. (laughs) And my normal time would be 25 minutes or Mm. 40 minutes. Um, But it really does teach me to overcome the impatientness in me, Mm. and it brings community together. Because everybody was high-fiving him and cheering him on, and he finished it. Right. right. He didn't want to. We got to the halfway point where they turn you around, and there was a playground there. So he's like, I don't want to finish. <laughs> right. There's, there's swings and slides. What are, what are we going to run for? We got, we, everything we need is right here in front of us. So I'm not going to lie. I still sneak off and run by myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to be very patient when you run with your kids, especially one that has autism and very much um, wants to do what he wants to do, right. shall we say. Right. So I, I don't know that it's created a, a deeper bond. It's just taught me to be more compassionate and more aware of what other people's needs are and then to fill my own needs on my own time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, which is an important lesson, which is an important lesson. And uh, again, you know, who knows what, what the future might hold if, if he continues down this path of running. Maybe it'll, it will be something that, that brings you all, uh, you know, ha- has good quality time together and, and whatnot. And if and if he would rather do something different, then, then you know, at least you'll still be able to have the running um, and, and being out on the trails. So, you know, hopefully that uh, uh, that that continues to, to be something with weather and, and fires and all these types of things that you're able to, to do. Um, when, when you can't get out on the trail, like you said, a little bit of treadmill time, some, some underwater running. Um, does, does that, does that scratch the itch for you still halfway decent? Or is it, when you, when you're on the treadmill, when you're in the, the pool doing the, the water running, um, or whatever other, you know, swimming or whatever in the pool, um, are you just, kind of counting down the, the time till the, the air clears up or the temperature cools off or warms up or whatever. And you can get back outside. Does, does, uh, does running inside, because I know for some people it's, it's six to one half dozen. The other for me, it's certainly not. It's, it's running outside or almost don't run at all. But, uh, you know, <laughs> how, how do you feel about being stuck inside once in a while? Um, and, and not just because of comfort, but because of, you know, there's, there's definitely medical reasons that, uh, you, you need to, to be a little bit more cautious with the, the weather and things like that. Yeah, yeah. The truth is the only running that comes close to outside is on a rebounder. I have a little rebounder Mm -hmm. in my house I run on, Mm -hmm. but I despise water running, to be honest with you. I don't know how to love it. (laughs) And I don't like the treadmill either, but I do like to run with my eyes closed, which probably sounds a little crazy. Uh, And I can do that on a treadmill. So I get that runner's high after Mm -hmm. a while. And that's about the only thing I like about the treadmill is it's actually safe to close my eyes while I'm running. Yeah. Closing your eyes out on the trail is not, uh, not advisable. <laughs> Even, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, there's, there's risks of doing that on the treadmill, but yeah, you don't have to worry about a random tree root or a rock or a <laughs> hole or something like that, uh, popping up on the trail in front of you, uh, when you, when you're trying to run out there with your eyes closed. Yeah. 
Good deal. Good deal. So shifting, shifting gears uh, a little bit, Gina, we'll get, we'll get back to the running in, in, in a few minutes, but, um, life coaching, you know, that, like you said, that was something that, uh, um, you know, or at least professionally driving a bus, doing some other things. Um, when did, when did the idea of, of doing your own thing, being a life coach, where, where did that, where did that come from? And how has that, uh, how is that shaping up for you? Well, when I met you five years ago, my podcast was to help entrepreneurs to stay healthy, mm-hmm. you know, business people. And then when I was in the hospital, I switched my podcast and started interviewing people that almost died because I was looking for some encouragement for myself mm-hmm. to get past all of this. And after my fourth interview, I sat down and went, why is everybody I'm interviewing a life coach? Oh. <laughs> It's just one after the other. They were all life coaches and uh, took a life coaching course online while I was on disability from work. Mm-hmm. It was about eight months uh, online training and then a few every other weekend they came to Vancouver and I fell in love with it and I realized that that was that was my thing. That's what I was going to do with my life. Gotcha. Gotcha. How, how and I feel like I've asked this question to to a couple other folks that that do some life coaching as well. But um, like I said in the intro, I feel like there's there's a fair bit of of I don't know if overlap, but but a lot of similarities between any type of coaching, you know, wh- whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, but but can can you look at ways that going through the the life coaching training and the seminars and then now actually doing it, so working with with the individuals that you work with. Um, can you can you come up with ways or can you, you identify ways that doing some of those things maybe has helped you as a runner or helped you to to recognize some some something on the running side of things that then you're able to maybe navigate a little bit better or or work through a little bit better because of the the life coaching training that you have? Yeah, for sure. I'd say it could apply to anyone because I don't know if anybody knows the difference of a life coach or perhaps you as a running coach. May I share that first? Yeah, go right ahead. Absolutely. So if I understand correctly, you as a running coach could help me to figure out, you know, what things I need to improve upon and you could give me some advice or steer me in the direction that you see to be the best. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Whereas a life coach doesn't ever give advice or steer you in any direction. They help you, you know, figure out your, your, why you do something and set goals and stick to those goals. And if you do that to yourself, then you can really parse out the excuses from <laughs> the, the real reasons of why you're not doing something. So if I miss, you know, say three or four runs, I could look at why am I missing my runs? Is there a deeper issue here? Or is it just a matter of needing to just get out and do it? And it really makes it easier for me to get things my life without allowing those excuses to stop me from doing it. Gotcha. I was just going to say excuses. It sounds like, like that's a big part of it is just, you know, is this, is this a real issue or is this just an excuse and, and figuring out the difference and getting rid of the excuses and getting on with what needs to be done? Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, um, where are you at right now with, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but kind of getting back to, to some of the running stuff. Um, you know, long-term goals still want to chase down, uh, you know, that, that marathon and, and I'm assuming kind of building back up to that. Um, yeah. but, but you know, 
where 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 are you at right now uh for for um you know 10ks i know you said you signed up with 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 the 10k with your son um what's what's running like for you what's what's your running routine i guess maybe is is you know are you training regularly what what, what's running look like for you right now i just started homeschooling both my kids Mm. in the last six months and that was crazy i went from training and running and life coaching and running my own business to wow how do i put my life together right so to to get out for a run by myself i only had two days a week i could do that where my son had tutoring Mm -hmm. and i would do that i would get out and go for a run and then the rest is just training with him and i've built us a training schedule i always use the sun 10k i love that one you start from couch potato to 10k in just 12 weeks Mm -hmm. 13 weeks so we're following that it's about an hour of running a day gotcha three or four days a week and then yeah i just as much as i can get out by myself i have an 18 year old here so if if i'm able to get out by myself while she's watching the kids Mm -hmm. i can do that but it's hard to plan as my son who has autism i can't just leave at like 5 a.m. because he'll wake up and, and be screaming and crying. Right, right. And we have a lot of uh, behavioral specialists and interventionalists that are helping to to make a plan. So over time, I plan to have more time gotcha. to train. Training for a marathon, your, your listeners are all, so they know it really <laughs> requires a dedication of having, you know, two, three hours time to run three or four days a week when you get to the end of the training plan. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not just that that twenty six or forty two k you know twenty six miles or twenty six point two miles. Let me not, let me not shortchange anybody. It's not just the twenty six point two miles or the forty two point two kilometers um, mm-hmm. that goes into it. It's it's definitely um, that consistency in training and and you know at least at least your long runs you know fairly regularly week in week out knocking out those yep. two hours mm-hmm. three hours three hours plus runs. Um, as you build up towards it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And, um, I think that, that one thing that can be overlooked sometimes is, um, you know, especially amongst those of us that have, that have pretty, you know, serious goals, the, the, the ambitious goals that we're working towards on the running front is that, you know, different periods of, of life, um, you may not be able to dedicate as much time and effort and energy as you really need to, to keep moving towards these goals and 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 if we don't recognize that then it's easy to get frustrated it's easy to get down it's easy to get um maybe a little bit bitter bitter or uh um disenfranchised with with running because like oh i'm not making any progress i'm not going towards my goals but there's so many other things going on in in life and and i'm i'm very happy to hear Gina that um you know even though you still have these th- this big goal of doing the marathon um recognizing that that with where you are right now, with all of the things going on and then adding homeschooling to, to the mix, um, it's just probably not the, the right time to do that. And I know that there's people that uh, have probably learned that lesson the hard way. So kudos to you for recognizing <laughs> that, that right now, do what you can, but it's not the right time to plan for a real big race like that. Yeah, and I've interviewed a lot of people on my podcast that for some reason signed up for a half on without any training and they've told me it's like the stupidest thing they ever did so i i learned through other people's experience right right um well on on that note uh learning through other people's ex- experience um you know th- i i know that there's some some folks listening that that are 
probably in the midst of something, whether it's an injury, whether it's an illness, whether it's just, you know, life got a bit crazy and, and has kind of helped to, or not helped, but uh, has caused the running to maybe take a, a bit of a backseat or um, kind of derailed some some goals and things like that right now. So um, as, we're, as we're getting kind of into that, that range of starting to wrap things up, um, we'd love to, to just kind of maybe open it up for you to maybe offer some, some advice or some uh, encouragement for those who, you know, hopefully haven't suffered a heart attack, like uh, that level of disruption to, to their life and to their training. But you know, when, when you're in the moment and it's, it's your situation and, and your life that's gotten disrupted by work or family or injury or whatever, and, and you're running that suffering because of it, it can be tough. It can be difficult. Um, you know, no shortage of runners that have really had some serious depression issues because of not being able to run. So, for somebody who's listening right right now, and, and maybe this is this is what able what running they're able to do right now is listen to two people talk about running, um, which is which maybe helps a little bit, but doesn't quite scratch the itch. Um, what kind of things can you offer, or or advice, or suggestions, or uh, whatever from your experience that maybe can help uh, those that are struggling right now to kind of get through these next few, hopefully days, possibly weeks, maybe months, hopefully not, but could be years before they're able to really get back into their running um, that might kind of help keep them on on a good path instead of really letting things deteriorate and go uh, to a place that nobody really wants to be? That is a really good question. And I really believe it starts with your mindset because the moment anything happens that takes us in a direction we didn't expect, we can, like you said, be frustrated and angry and let it stop us. Or we can just simply acknowledge how we feel and make a plan to move forward and whatever you know the next smallest thing is that you can take a step towards that next thing is going to keep you moving versus sitting on the couch and then having three months go by where you're going to look back and go wow what happened you know but go ahead. if that happens I was just going to say um, I had to learn to just clear my goals and start over mm-hmm. and and be like okay so all this stuff I wanted didn't happen, but from today, where do I want to go? And just start here and just start now and take one step today, not tomorrow. That's the key, right? right. To get back on track to where you want to go. So I, I think that's, that's great advice and, and something that, uh, Lord knows I, I could use to that, that reminder once in a while. So hopefully it's, it's hitting a few people that, that need it right now. But, um, I know that uh, either either just recently or maybe even just today, but but somewhat in the not too not too long ago or, or right now as we're speaking, um, kind of a milestone birthday, and and you know again kind of looking forward and, and um, focusing on what you can do and, and keep moving in in the right direction. Um, you know what what are some of those those smaller goals that will hopefully ultimately one day lead towards marathon running, but for right now. What are some of the smaller goals that you have in, in your life to help make you know this next year, uh, next lap around the sun, if you will, the the best and healthiest and, and most fit that, uh, that that you've ever been? Uh, what, are, what are some of those small steps, small goals that you're taking? Uh, well, I don't really <laughs> do anything small. So I set the goal to be in the best shape of my life on my 40th birthday, which is only one year from now. Mm-hmm. And I got a chin-up pull-up bar and me and my Kids are challenging each other every day. Yeah. So every day we do push-ups together and and try to do pull-ups and to where we're able to be fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a daily thing. And every day, if I don't run, I walk. Gotcha. So gotcha. my my 
thing is just get myself out the door. And even the days where I'm like, okay, five minutes, I'm just going to do five minutes. I never do five minutes. <laughs> um, that combined with the gym, I got a membership at the gym where I surround myself with other people. I'm more apt to do it. I know there's people probably that can be disciplined at home, but I'm just like, ah, I just don't want to do it today. Right. And if I'm at the gym, I made the effort to get there. So I'm going to put the time in. And if I have my kids, then we just go swimming. And mm-hmm. swimming is a good workout. It's as good as running, but it still keeps me fit and keeps me in shape. Yeah, well, and that's, and that's you know, you go back to say you don't do anything small, but I, I feel like in in all of these things that, that you just talked about, the pull-up bar, the, the push-up and pull-up competitions, the getting the gym membership, um, all of those things are are steps, are what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's eliminating the, I don't have access or I don't have equipment or whatever it might be. Like you said, get outside the door, uh, get outside just for five minutes. And then five minutes inevitably turns into 10, 15 to 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so, so even if you're not recognizing the little steps, I think, I think that, that in that answer, there was, there was a bunch of little steps and, and, you know, get in the pool and splash around. Well, that might not be the same workout as running, but it's still a pretty good workout, you know, especially if you get a, a little bit of, of, quote unquote, proper swimming of doing some laps or whatever, but even just splash around playing with the kids. Um, you know, those are all little steps that, uh, I think, I think it's easy for me to overlook sometimes and, and kind of, you know, if I'm not reading too much in, but maybe you kind of overlook them a little bit too, that those little steps, those day to day things where, you know, it's today you're doing three push-ups and tomorrow you're doing three, but pretty soon a couple weeks from now you're doing five and then you're doing seven and then you're doing 10. Um, Mm -hmm. those, those little steps pay off. So, you know, the, the, the key of course is to keep doing it because, uh, it's, it's easy to just, you know, kind of start to cut yourself a little slack, let things slip a little bit. And then pretty soon you're Mm -hmm. completely out of the, out of the routine. But I, I think that those, those, those steps are, are, Fantastic, and, and certainly wish you nothing but the best by the time you turn forty. Well, thanks. Can I share a book with your audience? Of that course. is a it's a good one for your family training. Uh, it's for kids, and it's called "Way of the Warrior Kid." By Have you heard of Jocko Willing? I think is oh, how you yeah. say his last name. I am. I am a Jocko <laughs> fan for sure. Ah, okay, a Jocko fan. So I read his book to my kids, and in his book, he trains his. I think it's his nephew mm-hmm. how to get fit, and it's the pull up bar. That's where it came from. Gotcha. Gotcha. And the kids, the kids want to do the pull-ups. And so mom's doing them too. I love it. Um, well, Gina, as, as we're, as we're getting to the, the point here of, of wrapping things up today, um, the way I like to, to close, I feel like we've had a couple of these philosophical type of questions anyway, but I like to close with, with a philosophical question, which is just, you know, a fancy way of saying something that's very open-ended. That's, that's not as much specific to, to, um, to you or to, uh, anything necessarily specific that we talked to today. But, um, I'd just be curious that, you know, at, at this point in your life from, from, you know, the, the ups and downs that we talked about, probably some that, that we didn't even cover today, um, you know, through, through the, the heart attack scare or not heart attack scare, but through the heart attack, the scare that comes after that, uh, getting back into running, which was, which was scary and stressful as well. Um, and, and with, you know, goals of continuing and, and running a marathon eventually, um, what does, what does being a runner, what, what does, what does being able to go out and get a run in, uh, mean to you? Uh, I know we kind of talked about some of, of the, the goals and ambitions, but, but what does, what does call it, being able to still call yourself a runner? What does, what does that kind of mean? Or what do you hope that that says about the kind of person that you are? 
That is a very philosophical question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it says about me. I just know that I have such a profound sense of gratitude that I'm still able to run. So for me, it's just life every day that I can get up and still walk on my feet and go outside and run is life for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it, and uh, I'm not gonna not gonna cloud that one up at all. So, guys, if you want to check out, uh, connect with Gina, connect out, you know, find out more about what she's got going on on the Facebooks uh, at Synergy Mindset is the is the business page. Obviously, you just search search her name. Um, although there might be a couple of Gina Johnsons out there, but if you go through the Synergy <laughs> Mindset, it'll be easy to find her there as well. Um, Dizruns.com/slash-seven-three-four is the link for today's show notes. Uh, we'll have everything linked up there as well. Uh, Gina, glad to glad to, to chat with you again. It's it's been it's been way too long as we talked about before we got started today. Um, but glad to see that uh, you know that, that you're still going, that you're still you're still working on it, still still getting after it from a running perspective and from you know business and entrepreneurship, which isn't isn't always easy. Um, but certainly wish you nothing but the best. And, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there now. But but you know, as things can continue and, and advance, and you get that uh, eventually somewhere down the line, get that marathon finish. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you back up, and we're gonna talk about that as well. Okay. Sounds great. I look forward to that day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation today between Gina and myself. I know it's a little different conversation, a little different uh, path that we went down today than, than usual, but you know that's that's the beauty of hearing people's stories and, and sharing about what kind of makes them, what makes each of us unique is that obviously every story is different and sometimes there, there are a lot of similarities. Sometimes it's, it's a bit uh, more outside of the norm. But uh, that doesn't make the stories any less impactful. It doesn't mean that there's any fewer takeaways from them. So what was your takeaway from today's episode? What was something that you got from hearing this conversation with Gina today that uh, you're going to take with you and, and maybe implement and do something a little bit different moving forward? For me, the, the big takeaway is it's kind of a cliche reminder, but I, I you know, I, I don't think it's, it should be a cliche. It's something that maybe I need to do a better job of, of thinking about and acting accordingly. And that's the idea that you never, never promise tomorrow. You know, there's, there's, there's never any guarantees that, that, uh, you know, what we put off today, we'll be able to get to tomorrow could be, you know, in Gina's case, obviously having a heart attack and, and how that completely derails and, and, uh, changes everything from that moment forward could be car accident, could be something, you know, some issue at work or some issue with, with family. Uh, you, you never know. There's, there's no shortage of things that can really alter the trajectory of your life from, you know, in, in one moment, let alone from one day to the next. And I know that I know that in theory, yet, if you look at how I live my life, I spend a lot of time planning for the future, a lot of time. Oh yeah. Tomorrow I need to do this or tomorrow I should do that. Or tomorrow I'll be, be better at this. Um, some of it business, some of it personal, some of it family, some of it spousal, some of it as a, as a father. And, you know, if, if I'm honest and think about it in a, in a somber moment, you know, I would hate to have something happen today that would prevent me from doing some of these things, saying some of these things, um, being there for those that I care the most about tomorrow. Um, and, and so while, while obviously there's a bit of a, a dichotomy there, a bit of a balancing act, you can't just go all willy nilly for today because screw it. Who knows what tomorrow brings? You know, there, there is a certain level of, of balance that needs to be there, but you know, just hearing Gina's story and just how, how the heart attack really kind of came out of, out of almost nowhere. And, and, uh, just how that has altered everything for her since then 
really reminds me that, you know, it's good to make plans and good to prepare for the future. But at the same time, you know, all we really have, all we're guaranteed of is right now, is today. So we got to make the most of today. we got to make the most of the opportunities that we have today. Um, again, being smart for the future, planning accordingly. Uh, I'm still a, ba- still a big fan of big goals and setting goals to work towards. But this was just a reminder that, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. Um, or none of us are promised that tomorrow is going to be the same trajectory as we think it's going to be today. So just just a little something that, that I'm going to take away from this one is just that, that reminder that, you know, I, I just need to need to make sure that my actions and the words I'm saying and the, the, the things that I do are the things that matter the most, just in case there happens to be no tomorrow for me, which Lord willing, there'll be many more tomorrows, but you just, you just never know. So I don't know, maybe a little bit somber uh, of a, of a takeaway, but that was, that was my takeaway from today's conversation. Just a, a, a necessary reminder for myself and how I, how I should, uh, and how I hope to, to live my life and carry myself on a daily basis. Uh, but what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know. I'm at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can always shoot me a message in either of those places with your takeaways. You can also send me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head back to the website for today's episode, DizRuns.com slash 734. is the link that'll take you right back to the show notes today. You can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well, down in the bottom of the post in the, in the comment section. Always love to see the comments trickle in. They don't, they don't flow in very fast, but every once in a while, a couple of them trickle in, which is always cool, always appreciated. So head over to disruns.com slash 734 to do that. And uh, if, if you're looking for something to do to, to continue making your progress in your towards your running goals, and you haven't checked out the Little Things course yet, that is one thing you can definitely do. Again, it's free, disruns.com slash little things. Another thing you can do is grab yourself a copy of the book, Be Ready on Race Day, is available on an Amazon near you. So that's Kindle or print your choice. Um, you can find out more information about the book. Be ready on race day at be ready on race day.com. It's, uh, take you right, to, right to the, I mean, it's actually back to my website. So while you're leaving a comment in the show notes, you can just click over to the books page or, or there's, I think there's even a link right there in the show notes itself. Uh, that'll take you right, right to the page on the website, figure out, you know, what the book is all about, basically help you write your own training plan. So instead of living by a, a one size fits all type of, of routine, which I think is ridiculous and pointless and the next, the next best thing maybe to useless, um, take that, that one size fits all plan that you can download or you get somewhere and tweak it, adjust it, make it your own. That's what the book tells you how to do. Or it tells you just how to start from scratch and completely write your own training plan, which I think is maybe the, the best option. But if that seems like a little too much, take the framework, take the skeleton of a one size fits all plan and adjust it and make it your own. And you're going to have a much better training experience and probably a much better race as well by doing that than by just trying to force your force yourself into following this one size fits all plan. That's not, uh, not usually very good. Not usually very good. I'll be bold. I'll say it. I'll say it. Um, but anyway, check it out. Be ready on race.com. And with that, we'll go ahead and pull this little ship into the Harbor. Thank you guys for listening today. Hope you enjoyed this one. As always, if you did tell a friend, let somebody else know about the show. Certainly means a lot. Certainly is much appreciated. Um, and, uh, until next time, please be well, take good care. Thanks again for listening and we'll talk soon. All right. Take care guys.